You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you humble, mounted on a donkey. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Whitney, Debbie, dear saints of God, Happy New Year. Hey, well, thank you. You weren't ready for that because the church year begins today, not the calendar year. And it begins wonderfully with the account of Jesus coming into Jerusalem on a donkey with the songs of Hosanna and his riding in on palm branches. This is our Lord's triumphal entry, which is really not that triumphal at all. The prophet Zechariah does well when he calls this event humble. When he calls Jesus humble. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you humble, mounted on a donkey and on a colt full of a beast of burden. We consider the Lord's humility. And I'd like to contrast it. I'd like to contrast this with Muhammad. We've been studying Islam on Wednesday night and working through some of the details of Muhammad's life. Muhammad was born in the year 570 in Mecca, the idolatrous city which is on the west side of modern-day Saudi Arabia. Mecca was and is the home of the Kaaba, the temple, the meteorite built into the wall, which, when Muhammad was born, had 360 idols there. In the year uh, 610, at the age of 40, Muhammad began, began to preach what he claimed were visions from God, and some people believed him, but most of the people in Mecca, his hometown, rejected and persecuted him and his followers, so he left. 622, and migrated to Medina. This event is called the Hijra, and it marks the beginning of the Muslim calendar. In Medina, Muhammad was able to gain more support. He was able to muster an army. He was able to rule the city and to wage war. So it was that eight years after the Hijra, he turned his anger back toward Mecca, the town that rejected him, and gathering an army of 10,000 men, Muhammad made his triumphal entry into Mecca. The governor of Mecca came out to meet him. And Muhammad asked this man to confess that God is one and that Muhammad is his prophet. And he responded, I think God's one, but I'm not sure about you. And at this response, one of Muhammad's companions said to this governor, repeat the creed or I will immediately cut off your head. And he converted. (laughs) Muhammad, Muhammad marched his army into the city of Mecca giving them instructions to kill only the people who attack you or who resist you, as well as a list of people who had offended Muhammad eight years ago before he left Mecca, including two women who had written a song insulting Muhammad. They were put to death. 
the legend says that Muhammad went to this temple and threw a handful of pebbles at the 360 idols and at the throwing of Muhammad's pebbles, they all fell on their faces <laughs> and then they were removed from the temple. Now, Muhammad lived for only, for only two years after this. He died in the year 632. But the legacy of this, his triumphal entry into Mecca meant that the Muslim armies would march through the Middle East, through Africa, through Europe, and all over the world. And the legacy of his triumphal entry continues today. Muhammad came to Mecca with power, and he came with anger, and he came for vengeance. He came to conquer. And this, I suspect, if we consider it in a worldly sense, is what we expect from a triumphal entry. We expect there to be strength. We expect there to be soldiers. We expect that there would be swords. In Istanbul, in fact, just a month ago, we saw the sword of Muhammad. In fact, I think we saw a few of them. The blood has been cleaned off. But make no mistake, there was blood on those swords. But there was no sword of Jesus. Such a thing does not exist. Jesus has a triumphal entry of an entirely different sort. He does not ride into Jerusalem as a conqueror. He is not followed by armies, but by choirs of children. He does not threaten to cut off anybody's head. He does not wear a sword. He has no vengeance, no anger. Jesus comes not in pride, but in humility. He comes not in arrogance or violence, but in peace. He comes not to conquer, but to be conquered. Not to kill, but to be killed. He comes for His throne, but His throne is not an earthly chair built from gold. He comes for His cross. And He is exalted. Jesus is exalted. When He is lifted up, when he is stripped naked, when he is nailed to the cross. It's quite a different thing. It's a triumphal entry of quite a different sort. It's a triumphal entry with really no triumph at all unless we consider that the triumph of Jesus, the triumph of God, dear saints, the triumph of your Savior is his cross. Islam teaches about Jesus. They teach that Jesus was a prophet. They blasphemously reject the teaching that he is God's son, but they say that he is a prophet of God. And that is why Islam knows that Jesus didn't die on the cross. After all, the Muslims will say, it's below the dignity of the prophet to die such a shameful death. Now, they are correct insofar as they recognize the great shame of the cross, but they are wrong, deadly wrong, when they take this shame away from Jesus. Because that is exactly why He came. So great is the love of God for you that Jesus suffered that shame. That God bore that shame for you. He, he suffered the shame of your sin. 
He suffered the humiliation of your punishment. He humbled himself to the point of death, even the death on the cross. He suffered, truly suffered, all of this for you. There is then in the church a legacy of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The legacy of Muhammad's triumphal entry is 1,400 years of violence and bloodshed, but the legacy of Jesus' triumphal entry is 2,000 years of peace, peace with God. 2,000 years of forgiveness. 2,000 years of life in His church where He continues to come to us in His merciful humility. And this, after all, is what Advent is about. Jesus comes to us. We know that Jesus will come again a second time, that He'll come in glory. We had the text last week and we'll have it again next week. And we know that Jesus came the first time at Christmas, wrapped forever in our flesh and blood, and we'll hear about that type of coming on the third and fourth Sundays of Advent. But we also know that Jesus continues to come to us now. That Jesus is not absent or far away. He has given us promises. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He is near to us, Paul says. In the word that's preached. He is near to us when He puts His body and His blood on this altar and in our mouths. He is near to us. He is with us. He is our Emmanuel, and when He draws near, it is not with a sword to destroy, but it is to bless with His death. When He draws near, it is not to conquer, but to serve with His life. Your Jesus comes to you in humility because He comes to give you the things that you do not deserve. His blood and His life and His unending smile. So, daughter of Zion, rejoice. Your King comes to you. Humble. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. 
On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.